Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show is brought to you by betonline.ag. The Open just wrapped up. Major League Baseball is in full swing. And we are now less than two weeks away from the start of NFL training camp. If you want to place a bet on any of the sports action, betonline.ag is the place to do it. Make sure y'all go to betonline.ag, 365, 24-7, whatever sport. You can think or imagine or think you can bet on. Make sure y'all got go to betonline.ag. And Ike, the Steelers back in Latrobe this year for the first time in years. I am very excited. I don't want to wish my life away. We'll talk about this here on today's show. If you want to get in on the sports betting action, head to betonline.ag. Use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers show on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the king, the president, the lord, and the prime minister of Swag and You, number 24, Ike Taylor, IT. I see you got the Swag and You t-shirt on this morning. It's a great start to the week. How are you this morning, my man? Man, had a good weekend. You know, Monday is here, so it's a new day, new opportunity. Got the IT swaggy you shirt also just another day another opportunity martin to keep it real with you i'm glad i'm on the show with you 100 and ike as always we will leave in our show notes how you can get your hands on an ike you swag and you t-shirt my parents it just arrived to their house they're very happy to have theirs we've got all the belief swag here on today's show too got hats and everything so we'll make sure that's in the show notes and ike i know you're getting back from las vegas as well i hope all went well with the cigar convention. If you want to get a one-of-a-kind cigar at HowardGCigars.com as well. But Ike, how's the rest of the convention? Because we only had you for a little bit of time last week. What a difference uh, a year makes. You know, last year was our first year at the PCA. And that's one of the main uh, cigar cigar events. So it was kind of new. It was new for us. It was newborns. And to the game, we really didn't know what to expect. Uh, we took a lot of heat. A lot of people... Uh, knew we was new. They didn't really know us. They was asking us about our tobaccos. I was okay, but I really wasn't fluent with, with it like how I was this year. But this year, we just kind of tore it up. Like, one thing about a cigar world, it's a small world. As big as you think cigars are, it's a small world once it comes down to that platform. And uh, they love the Ike Taylor, one of a kind. I tell you what, man, the ratings and the, and the reviews coming from real live. Cigar aficionados, man, they love that stick. So that was a good thing. So next year going to be even better. But this year, we really did our thing. And make sure y'all go to HowardGCigars.com to get y'all one-of-a-kind Sumatra stick. And again, for any listeners or viewers who are interested, we always leave 
the social media information in the show notes. So go check that out, Ike. And I'm glad you've made it back to Orlando in one piece because what uh-huh. happens in Vegas can stay in Vegas. Mentally, <laughs> mentally exhausted, Mark. It's, it's, it's you, you talk and you smoke cigars to people you network. You talk and you smoke cigars to people and you network. And before you know it, man, it's five, six o'clock in the morning. So we'll get up at eight, go set up over there at 10 o'clock, get home and, and the sun is out and I got to get back up at 637. So, man, I think I missed my flight twice. I couldn't wait to come home and go to sleep. Matter of fact, the young man on the, on the airplane, he was upset about me coming back because he was like, man, we had a baby sitting right behind us and I couldn't sleep. And you over here snoring and knocked out. I said, bro, I was tired. <laughs> I say, bro, I was tired. So I'm glad to be back home, though. Vegas was a good trip. PCA 2022. Big shout out. Of course, Ike. Uh, a lot to talk about on today's episode of Believe in Steelers. Apple considered the most likely destination for NFL Sunday ticket. We'll discuss that. Steelers training camp battles, the most intriguing battle. Also, uh, a few other things we'll get to, but we're going to start. We didn't get the chance to talk about this last week. Baker Mayfield's headed to the Panthers. Ike, we had it right all along, but this trade lingered on and on and on and on. And I think the Browns wanted more in return for the first overall pick in the 2018 draft. They get a conditional pick back, meaning they'll get a fourth or fifth round pick back. But what was your thought process on this trade, Ike? But like I said, I mean, I know we talked through a different, a few different scenarios. We said the Panthers early on, but it just it went on longer than I expected to. What was your first reaction when the news became official that Mayfield's headed to Carolina? It was about time, Mark. You know, about time, you know, the, the Cleveland Browns let go Baker Mayfield, give him a new start. Baker Mayfield wanted a new start. I don't think Baker Mayfield was going into training camp if the Browns would have kept him. Um, the vibe just would have been too different, you know? So the divorce was already there. Once you get and sign a guy for five years, $240 million, and you still have a first-round quarterback sitting on your roster, there's nothing good about that. The feelings are already gone. It's torn, washed away. So I'm glad the Cleveland Browns did get rid of Baker Mayfield. They probably didn't get what they thought they was going to get, but like, you know, Grandma always used to say, something is better than nothing. Um, for Baker Mayfield, for him to hit the reset button, you know, he has an opportunity to prove himself with the Carolina Panthers. Um, Sam Donald is over there, but Sam Donald, Sam Donald, and not in a good way. And I don't mean to bash Sam Donald, but just understanding, I think Baker Mayfield to Sam Donald would be a better upgrade. Uh, and, it's, and it's probably confidence-wise. But Baker got to understand he's not going to have the – the offensive line he had. He's not going to have Nick Chubbs and Kareem Hunt. He's not going to have David Njoku. He's not going to have his offensive coordinator, even though we'll see what Matt Rule is going to do from the offensive uh, standpoint. He's not going to have the uh, Peoples Jones. He's not going to have the Jarvis Landry or the OBJ. So now it's really going to be on Baker because um, I think Baker, for, for some point in his time, he's been surrounded by a great supporting cast. Even when he was at Oklahoma, he had a nice little supporting cast around him as well. So, we shall see. Um, it's just the maturity part from Baker's standpoint. It's the it's the post game interviews. It's the it's the Tom Brady act how he should act like. It's the Eli Man and how he should act like. It's the Peyton Man and how he should act like. It's the it's the Big Ben and some in, in, at one standpoint on how he should act like when it comes down to you know what I do know I'm the CEO of this organization. I do know you know 
going to take a lot of criticism whether we win or whether we lose. That's just coming with a quarterback territory. And from that standpoint, that's really what it is. But from from a standpoint where Baker is really healthy, I think Baker does fine. I don't think nothing is wrong with Baker. I think he's athletic enough. I think he was hurt last year. He's proven when he's healthy what he can do. Um, I saw him walk into with his crew to Pittsburgh Steelers Stadium and, and, and beat Pittsburgh in the playoffs. I have seen him over time, too, as well. When, when he does try to play hurt, he doesn't look like the same Baker. You know, he, he looks like somebody who should be sitting down and really is not understanding the offense and trying to force the ball to certain scenarios. But as far as like a clean cut Baker, I do like Baker. Um, I've been liking Baker since Oklahoma. So I like his attitude. I like his chip on the shoulder. He just got to mature with that chip on the shoulder, Mark. That's just my personal opinion. But time should tell. It's not like they don't have Christian McCaffrey. It's not like they don't have receivers or a tight end. Like, he got some pieces over there. So it's going to be a clean cut on what and see what Becker can do. You only get so many chances in the NFL. And that's what Becker got to understand, especially being that, that first-round draft pick. When you're that first-round draft pick, a lot, of, a lot of other teams, when it don't work out for you, they figure, you know what, we can change them or we can mold them. That's how, that's how teams and GMs feel when it comes down to that first round draft pick. Hell, just look at Sam Donald where he was at first. <laughs> you know? He Carson Wentz. Yeah, Car- Carson Wentz. Like first round quarterbacks, they always get opportunities. But after two, two is one too many. And that's and that's how these teams look at it. So I think this is his final, you know, go around. I think Baker will do well at North Carolina. I think I don't think the grass is green. I think I think he just needs a breath of fresh air. So we'll see what the what Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers are talking about for the 2022 season. But for me, it's just a maturity part. Ike, I just want to clear the air here because someone who regularly watches our show, listens to it, might say, wait a second, these guys are talking out of both sides of their mouth because it was just like two weeks ago where we mentioned the possibility where Mayfield could return to the Browns. I think that wasn't the case because we wanted to see what happened with the Deshaun Watson situation. That's still pending at the same time as well, though, this trade took longer than I expected it to. And it's like we both said, I don't think the Browns fetched in return what they wanted to get for Mayfield, who was the first overall pick in 2018. Those other possibilities beating Seattle with Drew Locke, Geno Smith, possibly the Lions, given the connection with John Dorsey, now, I know you had mentioned that there was the possibility that Mayfield could even return to the Browns and try to repair that relationship. Clearly that that didn't happen. So if you do go back and regularly listen to and watch our show, Ike, we had it right all along with Carolina. This just took longer than I expected. At the same time, though, the Panthers get tremendous value for Mayfield because if he returns to form for what we saw on the back half of the 2020 season, the Panthers only paying about $4 million of Mayfield's rookie contract the final year of his rookie deal so it's almost like Ike, if you go to a fancy gourmet steakhouse or i know you don't eat steak Ike, but let's say we order a seafood tower and i say hey i'm going to cover the bill all you have to pay is for the tip for the server that's essentially what the panthers are doing in getting yeah. mayfield yeah it depends on what kind of wine we get because you do know i'm a red wine kind of sauce, so <laughs> you can have the seafood platter seafood platter might cost us seven dollars but hell them two bottles of wine might cost itself. So that tip is definitely gonna come out, definitely gonna come out the uh my pocket for sure. But I understand exactly what you're saying. I agree with you. Um Carolina's winning on both sides, Mark. Carolina yeah. can look in the 20 season. 
and see if they can revamp Baker Mayfield. Also, they're looking at the salary cap, like we're only playing for and some change. So it's a win-win situation for the Carolina Panthers. Ike, I'll take the filet mignon. And remember, the Browns are going to pay $10.5 million of the salary Mayfield is owed. So the Panthers, again, if they're getting someone who can return to the form that we saw in the back half of the 2020 season, Ike, in all honesty, I expect Mayfield to start in week one, circle your calendar, September the 11th, Panthers and Browns. It's going to be must-see television, especially because Baker thrives when he's down and out, he's backed into a corner, and you doubt him. That's when he's at his best. It's going to be must-watch television in week one of the 2022 season. Yeah, Big ain't going to have a chip on the shoulder for that game. He's going to have a boulder. <laughs> we'll get some guac and some salsa and some, uh, some queso too, Ike. For real. Okay, we will move on. And Steelers training camp in Latrobe, less than two weeks away, Ike. And one thing I wanted to ask you about of all the position battles for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm going to take – if you want to pick quarterback, we can talk quarterback. We've talked QB a lot. Is there a training camp battle you're most excited to watch for this Pittsburgh Steelers team in 2022? I'm going for that quarterback position, that training okay. camp. I want to see what the young stud Kenny Pickett do. I want to see what the veteran stud Mitch Trubisky does. I want to see how they battle in training camp. I just want to see the vibe between the players, how they look at both individual quarterbacks. That's what I want to see. I want to see, I want to see which quarterback picks the receiver that he likes the best, which quarterback picks the tight end they like best. I want to see who commands the huddle when it comes down to quarterback position. I want to see the energy when it comes down to the two guys, Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky. I want to see how they, I want to see how they, uh, interact i want to see how they interact with the quarterback i want to see third down situations i want to see red zone situations i want to see two minute offense that's what i want to see when it comes down to mr drabisky and kenny Pickett with that quarterback position because it's the most important position seven is not there anymore seven been there for 15 years plus now seven is retired he's going to be a future hall of famer who's going to take now the other stable to the pittsburgh still is at this quarterback position Yes, in actuality, you wanted to be Kenny Pickett because he's a Pittsburgh kid and you drafted him. But at the same time, Mitch Trubisky is a first-round, a former pro bowler, and he's athletic as well. So we shall see. Pittsburgh is in a win-win situation when it comes down to this quarterback position. But between this quarterback position and training camp, time will tell. This is the most important position for, for any football team. And now this is the new position for both guys, a new position for both guys, whether it's the Pittsburgh Steelers or the quarterback. So, yes, I do want to see, and I do think this is the most important battle in training camp, Mr. Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. Ike, you played for the team for 12 years. What is, like, the most important factor in making the determination of we're going to start with Mitch Trubisky or we're going to start with Kenny Pickett? What is it? Is there one thing you could point to? I know there's a lot that goes into the quarterback position that Mike Tomlin – Matt Canada and company are going to be looking forward to say, this is the player who's going to start the season for this team. It's the red zone. I think the red zone is very important. The reason why the red zone is very important in training camp, because you can only throw in those small windows and you got to make your mind up ASAP. There is no hesitation. You know, you got to be right on all your reads when it comes down to the red zone, because either you putting points on the board or you taking points off. And that's, and that's what it is in the red zone. Also, as well, how will a quarterback react when he throws his first interception? 
will he go in the tank and he just going to be a check down quarterback? Or will he say, man, you know what? I'm going to stay aggressive and I'm going to get this team to where I need to get it to. Either the defense made a hell of a play or I just messed up on that read. But y'all not going to stop in my mindset. Y'all going to not y'all not stopping my aggressiveness. That's the two things I'm looking at when it comes down to that training camp position at that quarterback position. I'm looking at the red zone one with small windows, tight windows, able to be able to read quick and ASAP. And I'm looking at how a quarterback is going to react after they throw a interception. I have two thoughts about that. And the red zone too, Ike, and you know this, playing in the league for as long as you did. Windows are a little bit tighter than if you're midfield or other side of the 50. Everything tightens down just because you don't have as much real estate to operate with. And then number two, with interceptions, I don't think all interceptions are created equal. And what I mean by that is certain interceptions can almost be like a de facto arm punt versus, oh, okay, we just gave up a pick six. So it's like not only we turn the ball over, we're giving up six the other way as well. So there's just two thoughts I have to where it's just like, you know, you can afford to take shots downfield because if it doesn't work out, a lot of times it's almost just a de facto punt. So I'm with you there. Yeah, when it comes down to the interception, it just comes down to what part of the game it is. It is. You know, yeah. it's it's the fourth quarter with two minutes left. You definitely don't want to throw an interception <laughs> down by four. You know, you trying to get your team in a position to, to get up and score and win some ball games. Now, if it's early on in the game and you want to take a big shot and the cornerback makes a play on the ball, then, okay, we got a little bit of time now. You know, I will look at that as a, punt, as a punt. But then again, man, it just depends on who you're playing. If you're playing a divisional opponent, you don't want to take no chances at all. You want to be pinpoint and you want to be able to get out of that hostile environment and, 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 and get some kind of ranking in your conference. You know, if it's, if it's a away game and you're playing a non-conference team, and I hate to say this, but, hey, maybe I might take my shots. Or if your mm-hmm. offense just a man demands you to be aggressive, then that's that's the personality of your offense. Then I get that as well. If you got a offensive coordinator like a Bruce Aarons, and, and Bruce now is not offense coordinator, but Coach Bruce Aarons is in the front office, but we all knew he was super aggressive on taking shots down the field. And we, we lost some, but we won a lot more than we lost. If he, if your offense coordinator have that kind of mentality, then go for it. So it's just gonna see. I'm just gonna see what Matt Canada like to do. Since I've been knowing Matt Canada and studying him, he's been a balanced kind of offensive coordinator. He's able to go, you know, 50-50. So he's gonna see who have the hot hand, you know. And that coaching staff, they're in a totally different uh, world now since seven has gone. You just know for the past, you know, like I say, 15 plus years going to training camp who the starter was going to be at that quarterback because this knew it was going to be Big Ben. Everybody knew that. As long as Big Ben was in the building, that's what it was, regardless of who they had behind them. So it's just a new flavor for the city, a new flavor for the organization, a new flavor for the, for the Pittsburgh Steelers in general as far as, like, we have to see who's going to be at the helm when it comes back when it comes down to that quarterback position. It's going to be a good one. So for me, that's just the most important you know, train to camp battle for the 2022 season, Mark. The rapport with the receivers as well is something I'm keeping my eye on because Deontay Johnson had a great connection with Big Ben. Does Chase Claypool emerge and have a better connection? Do one of the young rookie receivers connect with one quarterback better than the other? That's something I'm also watching because each quarterback and receiver relationship is a little bit different. And so that's something as well, where it's like, 
okay, it, and we've talked about Deontay Johnson entering the final year of his rookie deal and whether he's worth top dollar as a receiver. I want to see how he gels with whoever the Steelers quarterback is, whether it is Trubisky or Pickett. So that's something else I'm, I'm keeping an eye on too with that quarterback position battle between Trubisky and Pickett is how do they develop? What is the rapport like with the receivers actually catching the passes from the quarterback? Because it's different from each quarterback to each quarterback, Ike. Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking at it like this up. Like I, I know I know Kenny Pickett had a, a stud receiver at the University of Pittsburgh. Now he transferred to USC. He was a smaller version, so he's a smaller version. So I can see Kenny Pickett going into the situation and looking at Deontay Johnson. Um, Mr. Trubisky, I know Mr. Trubisky like big receivers. Well, of course, Mr. Trubisky, the grass is green on your side because you got George Pickens and Chase Claypool, so he can pick and choose who he wants at that position. So. Just, just from looking at it from afar and the fact that you just brought it up, I say uh, Mr. Biscuit will look at, you know, Chase Claypool or George Pickens first. And I would say Kenny Pickett will look at Deontay Johnson first because in his mind, he likes to get rid of the ball quick and he knows Deontay Johnson can get out, the, get out a, a route as quick as any two of them receivers I just named between George and Chase Claypool. For Mr. Biscuit, Mr. Biscuit feels like if he's caught in a jam, he would like a receiver who has the size to help him out. And that's George Pickens and Chase Claypool as well. Don't forget about Pat Fryermuth in that mix too, Ike. And the receiver you're talking about, the transfer to USC from Pittsburgh, Jordan Addison, who's going to be a top pick in the 2023 draft. So psychic Ike Taylor out on the pod though, already making an early guess on which receivers each of the young quarterbacks will like, Ike. And I'm very excited to talk about that. I'll say this, you already know where I'm going with this for my position battle. The backup running back position, the Robin to Najee Harris is Batman. Who's it going to be? Is this the year Benny Snell Jr. finally emerges? Is it going to be Anthony McFarland Jr.? I saw this great tape when he was at Maryland, busting it loose, 60, 70, 80-yard runs. Could he be the guy? Trey Edmonds. And then don't forget about the two undrafted rookies coming in, Jalen Warren and Mateo Durant, too. So who emerges to help? carry the load at the running back position. I, I feel like I'm a broken record saying this, but it's something that I want to see this upcoming season is who can be that guy and who can establish himself, make a name for himself and make plays out of the backfield for the Steelers this season. Yo, I'm going to go to Arizona. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers mindset when it comes down to that. We have Aaron Jones and you have a uh, dog. Dylan, I, Dylan. So when you have Aaron tree, Jones, tree trunk, tree trunk, Dylan Ike. Yeah. So when you have Aaron Jones and Dylan sit in the backfield, that's two different styles. You know, even though Aaron Jones is not as thick and not as big as, as Dylan, he still he still runs hard. But we know what Dylan can do. We know you hand the ball off to Dylan, man. He's gonna carry a few people into the end zone, whether you're a defensive lineman or a linebacker. It just don't matter. That's what his that's what his tree trunk legs say. Hey, come on, take this ride with me. He's he's your new Uber. When it comes down to the running back position, he's going to carry you wherever you need to go, wherever you need to go. And for him, it's the end zone. Same way how I look at Najee and I look at I take a McFarlane, Anthony McFarlane as well. I think when you have a big running back, you need somebody who can change the tempo, come out the backfield ASAP and kind of and kind of be shifty. And for me, that's Anthony McFarlane. Um, we saw when he did get the ball in his hands and he might get the ball between five and eight times during, throughout the game. You know, as long as Najee, as long as Najee is, is healthy, I think Anthony has the opportunity. And I think Coach Matt Canada loves the opportunity to have a scat back who can come out of the backfield and kind of 
shift the momentum of the game. You know, while everybody is, is so worried about Najee running them over, you get a guy coming out of the backfield like a Sproles who will shift it and give you uh, a lot of good things in open space. You know, he's able to make one or two guys miss naturally because that's what his body say, you know. So that's how I'm looking at it, man. I'm looking at, man, you got a big running back. Let me go out and get me a scatter or shifty running back. That's why I think the NFL has always did, you know, even with the LaDainian Thomason when I played. So it was it was LaDainian Thomason for the, for the San Diego Chargers at the time. Then you had mm-hmm. Sproul right behind him, you know. So that's just what it was. That's just how the, that's just how a running back room thinks, a running back coach thinks. You know, give me a big back. Give me another big back who can sit behind him just in case my big back gets hurt. Make sure I have me a scat back to change the shift of the game. Shout out to Darren Sproles, Kansas State's finest, and an inspiration for all the smaller, the smaller people out there, Ike. He was tremendous, had a great career, great Fun. running back, great return man, and just kind of hid behind the offensive lineman. And the next thing he knew, he'd be past all the defensive backs. I love that guy. And shout out to AJ Dillon, too, Ike, running over. Uh, did you see that viral clip? He ran yeah. over a, a Baseball mascot, that's tremendous. That's got knocked damn that gator man a concussion, knocked his whole uh knocked his whole face off. So I don't, I don't even know why the mascot even wanted to try. He should have looked at his tree trunks and told his manager or his owner, no, 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 no. You get your butt out here and go head up against AJ. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you would need two or three normal sized people to try to bring AJ Dillon down. So a one-on-one scenario trying to bring him to the like, no just good luck. Good luck. Ike, Ben Roethlisberger is headed to Canton. He's now retired, but given that we're still a few weeks out from training camp, we need things to talk about here on Believe in Steelers. So Marquise question. So who who's who's the who's the still the next to the Hall of Fame? It's Marquise Bouncer. I just think straight up. Um, oh, okay. Marquise came in. Marquise came in as a rookie and we couldn't sit him, you know. And we just paid, was it Jeff Hartway? We just paid the old veteran center. It's just Marquise came in with so much nasty, tenacity. Just, oh, he's just an old school kind of still. I'm talking about you were seeing Marquise down 35, 40 yards down the field blocking whoever. And that was just him. <laughs> you know, he was small in statue, but he played big on the field. He wasn't a typical center size, but he was super smart, super aggressive, and he was about whatever. I mean, mean, on the field and off the field. Uh, (laughs) Them pouncing boys don't play no games. But for me, man, he was just too consistent. You know, enough Pro Bowls. You had to have somebody who's the anchor of the the offensive line. That was pouncing. Um, His peers respected him. Peers on other teams respected him. Uh, Mr. Consistent. So – it's a reason why Seven felt some kind of way when Pouncey retired. He knew who Pouncey was. You know, it was that it was that love relationship between the quarterback and the center. And once you find a special center, man, it's hard. It's hard to 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 kind of one get away from him. Two, you understood. I think Seven was at a point in his career was like he's been through enough centers. Once he got Pouncey, he was like, man, it's a Hall of Fame. As soon as I played with Pouncey, saw. Him, I said, man, here Hall of Famer. You just know. Like, we knew Seven was going to the Hall of Fame. Eventually, Hans Ward would get to the Hall of Fame. Yep. We knew Troy, just in practice, 
you know, was going to the Hall of Fame and Marquise Pouncey was going to the Hall of Fame as well. Like, that's just my personal opinion. But, you know, in practice, the first time they step on the field of training camp, you know who's a Hall of Fame and who's not. You know who can be borderline Hall of Fame and who's not. But to have them guys that I just named, you knew from the get-go, from the gate mark, they were Hall of Famers. And I think Marquise Pouncey is next in line to be from the Pittsburgh Steelers to go to the Hall of Fame. Ike, you took this in a totally different direction, but I, I agree with you. You've convinced me. I, The two names I wrote down, T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, I didn't even think about Pouncey. Obviously, I think he's deserving. I think Cam Hayward will be deserving. Heinz Ward, you mentioned. The fact that L.C. Greenwood is not in the Hall of Fame, and Ike, right. I'm reading Gary Pomerantz's book, Their Life's Work, right now about the 1970s Steelers. The fact right. that Greenwood's not in the Hall of Fame is an absolute joke. But it kind of goes back to something you've told me where it's like, oh, well, there's too many Steelers in the Hall hall of Fame already. We only have so many room for them. But doing this exercise, if I commit to one name, I'm being unfair to other players. And I did Pouncey someone I just completely overlooked. So it's like that. That's kind of my point, because everyone you just named, whether they get in or not, I could make the argument that they're deserving. Now, you mentioned Heinz Ward. You got to put Torrey Holt in before Heinz Ward gets in, but Heinz is is right there too. Yeah, um, Heinz just Heinz changed the game, you know. When and I've I've seen this live in person, you know. When you see a defense like the Baltimore Ravens look for eighty six, um, because they knew eighty six was putting people to sleep, you no know, Nyquil. Uh, that's 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 it a lot in my mind. When you watch other teams, um, when you watch linebackers and safeties scared and flinch when they see 86 come around, like, dang, the young man played receiver. I'm glad Woden, we used to call Hines Woden. I'm glad Woden's on my, on, on my side, is on my team. Because to be that aggressive at that wide receiver position, to play with no mouthpiece, at that wide receiver position to play with no MCL or PCL because he tore all that when he was small. Says a lot about the man. But the man played running back if you needed him to. He played quarterback if you needed him to because that's what he did at Georgia. He just so happened to be the Pittsburgh um, Hall of Fame wide receiver. And that's and that's what I'm going to call him. When it came down to intensity, when it came down to just being all around, whether it's blocking, catching the ball in traffic or having long runs, Hines Ward did it for a long time at a high level. So that's that's just Hines. When it came down to, hey, man, who do we look for in crunch time? It was number 86, Hines Ward. So, and he always did it with a smile. And that's what you didn't like. He had that joke smile on him, but he'll try to break your face ASAP in a New York minute. That was just Hines Ward. So Hines Ward for me, um, like you said, I think should be in the Hall of Fame. The reason why I named him because, you know, he's retired. The reason why I named Marquise, because he's retired. When you name T.J. White, Cam Hayward, and Minka Fitzpatrick, I think they'll be in the Hall of Fame as well. They're just not retired yet. So I was just going off of guys who's retired. But three guys you named, Mark, I do agree 100%, which them boys will make it to the Hall of Fame if they keep going at this steady pace, especially T.J. I think Cam is already in. I think Cam have, have enough Pro Bowls and, and, and uh, all pros to get any Hall of Fame. Um, TJ keep doing what he's doing. Um, you really can't deny TJ Minka. I think Misha, Minka got to put a little bit more work on his resume for him to get in. But yeah, for me right now, it's Marquise. He should be uh, next. We'll see what they do with Hans Ward. I agree with you. They'll try to get Torrey Hope before they get Hans Ward in. But 
if Torah Holt and Heinz Ward is on the same ticket, they might just get in at the same time, depending on depending on how the staff feels about both of these two receivers. We have to mention one other hard hitter, Ike, and that was on the defensive side of the football, your teammate, James Harrison, as well. So it's like <laughs> you're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, and if you don't have your head on a swivel, Ike, there could be hell to pay. I mean, in all seriousness. So there's yet another name. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. No lie. That's just, man, I play with some, I play with a lot of Hall of Famers, including a coaching staff and a Hall of Fame GM and a Hall of Fame owner. So I was just surrounded by greatness, to be honest with you. I, to answer the question from my standpoint, I know for sure TJ is going to get in as long as he continues on. And the fact that he holds the record with Michael Strahan for single season sacks. I think all of those other players are deserving and we can make the case. I mean, we could talk till sundown about that, but to answer the question from my standpoint, I'll go TJ Watt, but I, this goes back to something you told me. We first started doing this show where it's like, mm, there's too many hall of famers from the Pittsburgh Steelers in Canton. And like, I, I just, I, to put a bow on this, I, I kind of look at it from the standpoint if some of these players played for other franchises and accomplished what they did for one of the other 31 franchises in the league, there would be no question, but because there are already so many Steelers in the hall of fame and it's like, how many Steelers are we going to put in? This is exactly my point. Cause everyone we just named, it's just like, I'll answer the question and say TJ Watt, but it's just like, I'm not happy with my answer because I, all those other players were were just outstanding, outstanding players, Ike. Man, if, I, if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers and we've had this conversation plenty of times, like, hey, y'all front, off, front office, y'all step y'all uh, Hall of Fame game up. Like, we can't help that we drive real well. We can't help mm-hmm. that we find the Ike Taylors, the Antonio Browns. We can't help that we find the Les Swans. We can't help that we find the Franco Harrisons. We can't help that we find the L.C. Greenwoods. We can't help that we find the Terry Bradshaws. We can't help that we find the Big Bens, the Troy Palomalos, the James Harrison, the, the, the James Ferris. We can't help that we find all these great players. We can't help that we find the Cam Haywards, the T.J. Watts. We can't help that we find all these good players. Like, we just can't help that we draft or find these good players and they wind up being excellent players for a long period of time and being Hall of Famers. We can't help that as an organization. If y'all front office, y'all need to get our recipe. Y'all need to step y'all game up. Y'all need to come at our needs. Y'all need to see how we draft and evaluate and get these players. But for the Hall of Fame committee, the Hall of Fame committee, y'all shouldn't be mad as well. Y'all shouldn't be saying that we got too many Steelers in the Hall of Fame. It's not Pittsburgh's fault. I thought as an organization, you have one thing to do, and that's the win Lombardi's and get as many as and get as many as good players you can on the team. And that's all Pittsburgh Steelers do. You know, they say iron sharp, sharpens iron, and Pittsburgh Steelers has been doing that since the seventies. You know, they've been bringing good draft picks and Hall of Fame guys. Since the 70s, they had a little dead period when it came down to the 90s. But from the 2000 up, when Kevin Colbert took it back over, man, Pittsburgh Steelers, you can just look at Kevin Colbert's resume. So when you got Hall of Fame GMs, you know, potentially Kevin Colbert going to – when you got Hall of Fame – Another coach, one. There's another one. Bill Cowher and, and Coach Tomlin, whenever he retires, I play with the Hall of Fame with Dick LeBeau, you know, as a coaching staff. And we ain't even talking about Russ Grimm, who's one of the first Hogs – when it came down to, to the Washington Redskins at the time, offensive lineman, we ain't going to talk about uh, Coach 
uh, Papa Art Rooney, I mean, I'm sorry, Dan Rooney, when he wound up getting inducted to the Hall of Fame, my first couple of years when I played the league. So when you're just surrounded by greatness, that's that's just what it is. They got the recipe to be consistent in winning ball games, putting themselves in position to hopefully get to the Super Bowl and win the Bartis. But the Hall of Fame committee, y'all can't be mad that the Pittsburgh Steelers know how to draft. That's just what I'm saying from my personal opinion. All you got to do is respect it. So from the Hall of Fame, from Ike Taylor to the Hall of Fame committee, man, what y'all need to tell other teams, hey, man, we, these guys been playing at a high level for a long period of time. We can't help that the Pittsburgh Steelers figured it out. Maybe some of y'all should go in their front office and see how they evaluate players and get guys like that year in and year out. All right, so Ike's pick, Marquise Pouncey. I'll go with TJ Watt. We will move on because I hope that wasn't too many name-dropping, Ike, but again, there are so many players who are deserving. Final segment of the show, Apple is considered the most likely destination for NFL Sunday ticket. The reports are that Apple would acquire NFL Sunday ticket for $3 billion per year. Now, the league's agreement with DirecTV is set to end this fall. So this will be the last season that DirecTV has the rights to NFL Sunday ticket. And Ike, this comes on the heels of Apple buying the rights for Major League Soccer. Amazon is going to be the place to watch Thursday night games this year. So if the game is not in market, Amazon Prime is going to be the only place that you can watch to stream the games. If you're not in market, Amazon's going to be the place for that. Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreit are going to be on the broadcast for that. And Tom Brady getting $500 million from Fox when he decides to hang it up as well. Ike, if Apple is the place for NFL Sunday ticket, and we've talked about this on the show, I feel like I've been on the forefront of this. When the tech giants get involved, we're talking about another level of money for this league. And I think we're right on the cusp. I think we're still at the tip of the iceberg of what the possibilities are in terms of the amount of money that the Apples, the Amazons, the Facebooks, the Googles of the world could potentially bring to the NFL if they decide they want to get on the game of live sports broadcast rights. What a time to be an NFL owner, because that goes straight to the NFL owners. They they part that in all 32 ways, you know, so that $3 billion, you know, the NFL owners get the majority of that when it comes down to these TV deals. Um, but what a time as well to to understand the techie guys, they're getting into sports. They understand streams and Wi-Fi is better than actually having a whole set of cable networks. That's what they do understand. They understand, man, that Apple been around for a long time. You know, um, Curtis, Curtis, Curtis Brown, my corner out of Texas, he, he's been on Apple TV since the early 2000s. He don't want to put me on. So to see Apple TV go from, Okay, we do have Apple TV. So you know what? Next year, after the NFL Network is done with their contract, we're going to step in and give them three billion dollars. That's just three billion dollars in 2022. In 2023, here it might be more than three billion dollars. You just never know, Mark. That might just be the starting point from from a negotiating standpoint. So between Apple, between Amazon, between all these techie companies, man, getting in and understand, you know what? Football in America is one of the biggest sports in the world. They got more eyes on that sport than any other sport in the nation. So they understand that part. They understand about streaming and they understand about views. So both both go eat. The 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 NFL is gonna eat, the owners gonna eat, and the tech companies gonna eat as well. It's just now the tech companies got so much money, man, they're putting a high price. It's it's to your highest bidder 
right now when it comes down to the NFL. So the NFL right now is at a great spot when it comes down to network networking streams. A lot of people ain't watching cable no more. A lot of people just watching football on their telephones. A lot of people are traveling more now since the pandemic is over with, Mark. So these tech companies understand that and all you need is a Wi-Fi. And you know, right now, depending on your service, you can just get a mobile Wi-Fi portable like I have. So you just need to keep it charged up. So that's just what it is, man. These tech companies, man, this is just a new way. Either you catch up or get lost with it. Yeah, I, it's, I go back to something about a year ago. We had Lee Steinberg, the legendary agent. He's the guy that the movie Jerry Maguire is based off of. And he told us how the 100 of the most live watched broadcasts in the country, more than 70 were football. The vast majority of that 70 were the NFL. So there were some college football games, but obviously the Super Bowl is king. But the vast majority of the top 70 watch broadcasts in a full calendar year were the NFL. So if that doesn't show the country's obsession with this sport, I don't know what does. And so this is why you see the salary cap go up and up and up and up. And you see the valuations by teams. If you look at the Forbes valuations year by year, go and look and see what a team is worth in 2022. Compare that even with just 10 years ago, Ike. And when you see the appreciation on value, it's like, you know, that goes to the owners, then the salary cap goes up. You can eventually pay the players more money. And we're just seeing to the point where I've been on the record saying this, and I will repeat this again. When the tech giants get involved, if they decide to, one of those companies, say, let's take Apple, for instance. Apple alone has more money than Fox, CBS, ESPN, uh, NBC, all of the networks combined. So if they want to get in on the rights and say, hey, we're going to offer the league this amount of money, the NFL has to decide maybe this is it. We'll take the extra money and we'll figure out a way to be able to distribute the product to people who want to watch and view the sport on Sundays. And so like, I think that's where we're heading towards and we'll see how this plays out again. This is still a report about Apple right now. I don't know how long this will take, but again, DirecTV's agreement with the NFL ends this fall. So this is going to be the last season. How this plays out I, is just going to be fascinating. If the tech giants want to get in on it, I, <laughs> this could totally change the game. I could totally change the game because we're talking about a, a different stratosphere with the amount of money that could be coming to the league. Well, you, you're talking about making – if Apple comes through, you're talking about, you know, worldwide views. You know, yeah. I wonder how many people in the world how, – how many people are in the world, let alone how many people have an Apple product, you know? And that's, and that's just how I look at it. So, you know, for the NFL, that's a, that's a no-brainer. You know, now, now, yeah, of course, America, we got this for sure. But now we get to hear Brazil, we get to hear China, we get to hear Russia, we get to hear Australia, like – we get to hit Hawaii, we get to hit all these other countries, we, we get to hit Canada, like we get to hit all these other countries, and it's just off of streams. And just, just 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 a Wi-Fi. So now you just tapping into maybe you might be tapping into your local bars or local community stores where they have Wi-Fi, but people might not have Wi-Fi at their house, but they can go to a local bar, their local bar have Wi-Fi, they just might be able to watch it either on the TV or on their phone. Like that's where Apple is at right now. And we're talking about this going, you know, worldwide, not just in the United States. So I think Apple has a clear shot after this year, Mark, to, to, to kind of put a stamp 
on on being, you know, the main programmer or network for the NFL. The NFL knows, you know, Apple got a lot of money. It's a lot of people with iPhones. Like, I think that's a great point, too, because the two global sports right now, I think the NBA has done a great job, but then soccer as well. But if you took the interest, because in the United States, football is king, but you took that interest and parlayed that of football. You say football when you're in Europe, you're talking about an entirely different sport with soccer. But if you develop interest there in other parts of the world, the possibilities, in my opinion, are just endless of what this could eventually lead to. And, you know, we could be talking about it being obsolete of, hey, remember when the Thursday or the Sunday night game was on NBC or remember when the uh, ESPN had Monday night football? Again, if the tech giants decide they want to get involved, they have more capital to where if they really, really want these streaming services, they could have that to offer to viewers. And then so viewers are going to have to adapt and say, you know, I have to figure out how I can configure my devices to be able to watch. But a lot of times it's easier. And Ike, it's funny you say this, you know, how many Apple devices there are. You know, I got my iPhone right here. I'm recording this on my MacBook Pro too. So it's like, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I'm recording on my Apple phone and, I, and I'm okay. holding my other Apple phone. So that's just that's just what it is. You know, Apple just makes everything so convenient and easy. If you don't feel like using your phones, man, you just get your Apple Watch. If you don't feel like using your Apple Watch, you just get your iPad. If you don't feel like using the iPad, <laughs> You just get your your air your air Mac notebook. That's I mean Apple just and if you don't like Apple, if you don't feel like doing none of that, man, they got Apple TV. So Apple, man, Apple just taking a big chunk out of everybody's pocket, you know, when it comes down to this tech world, and it's also trying to give a lot of money to the NFL. But I think the NFL understands where Apple is going. How many people have the Apple product, and what all you need? All I need is some Wi-Fi. We'll see how all this plays out. And Ike, I think you brought up a great point. The reports are $3 billion per year. That might just be year one. So we will see how all of this unfolds. And again, I think we've been on the forefront of this, Ike, because I feel like this has been brought up on our show for the last several weeks where it's like I try to see the force between the trees. No, I get it. You, that, that's, this, is, this is your lane. So I just got to keep up. I stay in your shadow when it comes down to these tech stuff. No such thing when Ike Taylor's on the show. IT, you're the absolute best. I want to thank you, the Believe Network, our producers over at Brinks TV, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz, Lucy Odin, and producer Yensi. Today's sponsor of the Believe in Steelers show, betonline.ag. Check them out if you have any sports betting wagers. A few weeks from training camp, Ike. I want to thank the listeners and the viewers of the show. I'm very excited about this upcoming season. Not trying to wish my summer away quite yet, but I am very, very excited for the start of the 2022 season. Yeah, man, we've been looking for football for the longest. Ain't nothing like football in the United States. NFL is right around the corner. A couple of weeks away, I think the first training camp, I forgot which team, is July 23rd. So they ain't nothing but a couple of weeks. And, man, once, once that hit, once the lot here, it's just time for uh, NFL football. And once NFL football hits, it's just time for the barbecues. It's just time for the face painting. It's just time for the family. <laughs> That's what football does. Football just brings people together, regardless on your color, creed, or religion. That's what you got to love about footballs and, and the Penn State stadiums that hold over 120, 20-some thousand, the LSU stadiums that hold the Ohio State stadiums. 
they'll hold over hundred some thousand. The Florida State Seminoles when they get get them with the chopping and hold over seventy some thousand. Like man, I just can't wait. You know, so that's just what it is, man. Football is just a different. It's a different atmosphere when it comes down to the United States. There's a lot of passion. I've been talking to a lot of soccer people as well because Orlando, you know, we're becoming one of the most you know soccer orientated places in the world. You know, because it's, it's, it's becoming a soccer melting point. But they're starting to get into football. A lot of soccer players, a lot of soccer fans are starting to get into, I'm sorry, American football is what they like. <laughs> there you go, Ike. <laughs> so the fact that, you know, football fans, um, the actual football fans are starting to get into American football says a lot about American football and how it's enticing people to cross over. Ike, when will you be in Latrobe? Um, I got to get the date from Omar. I was going to text Omar today, matter of fact. All right. Well, we will. That'll be a great tease to listen to next week's episode of the show. IT, I'll sign off for the both of us. You're the absolute best. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Burke. And thank you for listening and watching the Believe in Steel show. We will be back next week. Until then, take care and so long, everybody. Big shout out to all our sponsors. Big shout out to Mark Burke. And big shout out to BetOnline.ag. Brick TV, Believe, is, Believe Network. Um, big shout out to Mark again for saying this. A huge shout out to everybody who has been tuning into our show. Make sure y'all give us a five piece and that's a five star rating. All we want to do is be insightful and have a lot of personality when it comes down to the show. So continue to watch the Mark, the Mark Berger and the Ike Taylor show on the Believe Network. Ike, you got to give us the piece before we go. Peace. Miss Courtney killed me if I don't. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.